Hey, good day. How are you doing? Welcome to episode three of the Vomo Podcast. I'm so excited for what we have to discuss today. Strap your seatbelt and let's go on a journey. Welcome back. Yeah, so um, briefly, just before we go into what we have to discuss today, please just mind my voice, bear with me. I'm experiencing a little cold. So please, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, so last episode we spoke about, you know, we just defined three basic things. We defined learning school and learning school and education. Yeah, learning school and education. And then I briefly spoke about having three major processes or three major bits of education. And that's what we're talking about today. The three major processes. There are broadly three major processes in education where you have organized forms of learning all over the world you would these three processes or these three bits often come up in, in fact i don't think you can have organized education without these three things so like i said strap your seatbelts and you're going on a journey yeah so then what are the three major bits of processes to or in organized education yeah so please come closer just come because i'm about to tell you a secret <laughs> okay, well, um, the three major processes, not in, not necessarily any alphabetical order or uh, order per se, but then there is a curriculum, there is assessment, and there is pedagogy or teaching. You kind of refer to it as pedagogy or teaching. The whole idea of teaching is to aid learning, so pedagogy, yeah, pedagogy, yeah. So let me not spill too much beans. But then we have curriculum, assessment, and pedagogy or teaching. So these are the three things we'll dive into and just talk about a bit in today's episode. I really hope you are watching your pattern and you're getting really excited about these three amazing things we're going to talk about today. Stay tuned. Yeah, so... The first thing we have to talk about today is the curriculum. Now, simply put, the curriculum is what we want people to learn. That is, in organized forms of education, the curriculum is often put together. And the assumption is that, oh, this set of things are just too important to be left out for people to not know, which can be true doesn't necessarily mean it's complete or it's whole you understand but then yeah this this is the curriculum you know things that we feel are too important for people to not just know now in the curriculum most national curricula are often based on the idea of discrete subjects in most systems there's a kind of hierarchy to these discrete subjects at the top, we have literacy, mathematics, and the STEM disciplines. That's science, technology, engineering, and maths. Then after all of this, that's when you have the humanities, including history, geography, you know, things like social studies, probably civic education, you know, and they are they, they tend to place the, the curriculum tends to place not as much value on some 
other subjects referred to as soft subjects as the ones I mentioned earlier, probably like art, drama, music, dance, design, and stuff like that, like communication, you know, communication, media studies, and stuff like that, you know, and that has come to be the predominant view of what the curriculum should look like. Now, there is, I won't say it's slight, but there's a major bias, you know, for setting the curriculum because for, for the most part, this curriculum which we have today or which has been handed down wasn't much, wasn't really prepared for the times that we are in right now. And we'll go a little bit deeper into this whole curriculum thing. But then I must say that a curriculum is um, something or things which are too important for people to learn. The idea is often that of proposition, a propositional, a propositional kind of knowledge. You know, no, no. But a curriculum could be richer than that. A curriculum should be more. A curriculum is more than that. A curriculum doesn't just have to be about propositional knowledge. A curriculum could include because there are things we want people to learn. Could include social habits, not just a propositional type. Could include forms of relationships we want people to learn to build. It could include values we want them to imbibe. You know, it's not just it's, and these things are not included in the curriculum by talking about them in a propositional way. For instance, it's not by telling people to learn the definition of values, types of values. No, it's not in all those things. That all those things are propositional in nature. It's not by telling people that um no, okay, let's let's look at an example of propositional knowledge. For instance, Davido is an artist. David is an artist because he sings songs, releases albums and stuff like that. So I can say I do you, someone can ask me, do you know David? And I'm like, yeah, I know David. He's not the artist guy. But then it's a whole different ball game when someone says, I know David Adeleke. Why? Because I live with him because i work with him because i'm his producer because i'm in a relationship with him because i'm his dad because i'm his brother because i'm his cousin so the knowledge those people have of quote unquote this person in question is not like a propositional but it's experiential and now most of the discrete subjects that i said earlier that we have in our curriculum are propositional in nature they are not so much experiential there isn't and there isn't so much focus placed on the practicality of many of all those things but then like a, a curriculum can be more a curriculum can be richer a curriculum is not about propositional knowledge a curriculum can be very vast and when and when i'm talking about a curriculum being vast it's not that okay we have vast array of discrete subjects and then everybody must take it and every one of all these subjects not unnecessarily yeah there's some things that are necessary for instance social some certain social habits value system which so much emphasis is even placed on all those things and you see it in the way something as little or little yet very pivotal in 
organized systems of education, which is a timetable. So, for instance, you can have maths double period twice a week. You could have maths three times a week. You could have maths on your timetable four times a week. But then you have arts or probably character education once a week. You didn't have it for double period. And I'm not just talking about having, like you said, we, we were never talking about propositional knowledge where you just come and tell people things. But then where you create an environment, a system where people can put all these things in practice, where people can get to interact and learn these things in real world scenarios, where you break the boundaries of that classroom, um, that classroom mentality where it's all in the classroom it's not where the classroom is separate from the real world you know and many of all those things there's so much more to talk about you know the curriculum talking about we talk about curriculum all day but then i'm bringing it to close here but then it's also realized that in as much as like this is pretty much what i've been trying to say in as much as there's some things we want all students to know understand and be able to do as a result of their education we must also realize that they also have their own unique patterns aptitudes unique combinations of aptitudes you know interests and dispositions so this is one of the major reasons why the curriculum needs to be fast and rich because fast and rich not because everybody would have to do everything but fast and rich so that it can be nuanced to individual differences so that it can be personalized and it can have more meaning to the learner because it's human beings who learn living organisms that resonate with whatever it is they're trying to learn you know so it's not a mechanistic process where you just give an information to a computer the computer processes it and gives you data no 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 human beings are organisms not machines not computers so i will bring in curriculum to a close here um if the opportunity presents itself when i talk about this at other times but then i'm moving on to the next thing which is assessment next thing we have to discuss today is assessment which I find very fascinating and very interesting. All right, because also what is assessment? Assessment is how we make judgments or form judgments of what people are learning. So the curriculum is what we feel so important that they should learn what we want to expose them to to learn. Uh, you know, just the curriculum just serves as a guide because people learn anyway. People learn without like without there's a curriculum and not people will learn. But the curriculum just puts like a framework just to guide, you know, and stuff like that. But then the assessment is how we form judgments, make judgments about what people are are learning. Alright, so this is also very important, but then I'll try to do the best I can in this few minutes that I have. Yeah. So assessment forming judgments of how people are learning. Now the types of assessments based on the purposes for which assessments are carried out so there's the formative assessment and there's the summative assessment so for instance okay summative assessment is more like okay we've done the work let's get on with it let's form judgment about what you know and this formative assessment whereby you know you form judgments 
you, you design or construct assessments such that you you understand where the learner is how well the learner has advanced and whatever it is you're trying to learn and then you know how to help them and set them on a progressive part of development you understand so that's formative assessment now i believe that if education as i come to learn and define it is supposed to be a process through which we give people a sense of who they are their abilities and their place in this world then there should be more formative assessment rather than summative assessment they can't always make assumptions that okay you've given you all the information you need then then just come and take an assessment and then let's move on to the next thing no it should be progressive you know it should be more formative now most of the assessments we have are standardized so we have written exams extensive use of we have extensive multiple choice you know says that many of all these things are put many of all these standardized um, forms of assessment and testing are put in place because it makes it easy to codify and process and like process and get results like that's just because it's easy to codify and process so it's easier to have multiple choice where you just mark mark and give the person 70 or 100 or is it to have five six theory questions answer four and just mark award marks and then it's just easy to do that but then that's easy to do that just it's easy to do that does not necessarily mean that that's the best thing to do no having standardized tests makes it easy to codify and to process but that doesn't necessarily make it the best thing to do why like i always emphasize human beings are diverse and human beings are increasingly complex and complicated it's it's it doesn't make so much sense to try to make to try to for quantify organisms as human beings so increasingly complex and just reduce what they are to numbers or a grade. That is so 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 ineffective when it comes to assessing human beings because human beings are increasingly complex. So I, I already spoke about formative and summative types of assessment based on the purpose for which they are done formative to help further and progressive learning and summative learning the assumptions learning has been made learning has been done then let's just move on with it and see what see what you got from it now the nature of assessment in itself could be comparative or descriptive and now for most parts they are kind of or the forms of assessments that we have in a system of education today lay so much emphasis on comparison and put little emphasis on description which should be what assessment really should look like there should be more assessment should be more descriptive than comparison so one of the aims of testing is to increase competition between students teachers and schools and the assumption is that this drives up standards and that's one that's one reason i said the forms of assessment we have are predominantly comparative and the thing about that is that when you make assessment comparative, it, it turns your attention outward. You focus on the competition, focus on the other person you're trying to beat. It doesn't really give you a sense of who you are, your abilities and, you know, your capabilities, stuff like that. So assessment for, for, for and the systems, like assessment should be more heavy on description rather than comparison 
instance so people have for instance you take a math exam and then you're told you had a b or you got a c now that's comparative comparing to a scale of 1 to 100 but that doesn't that is not good for formative purposes like for helping you to progress that just tells you okay against this rank or this standard you got a c so what they often tell you is go and study harder go and this you can get an a one day which isn't bad but then what if that assessment more was more descriptive and it says okay jalade is good with probably ap gp has great understanding of this this and that but then jalade needs to do more work on this i read about this guy who can calculate the 13th root please listen he can calculate the 13th root of a random 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 200 digit number nothing not in one hour not in 30 minutes not in 15 minutes not in five minutes not in one minute not in third not in one minute but okay more than a minute in 74 seconds or thereabouts in 74 seconds you can calculate the 13th root not the square root or the cube root the 13th root of a random 200 digit number in about 74 seconds now that this guy you can call him a genius and all of that stuff but that doesn't mean that if you put him in a normal educational system he's going to have straight A's in science in English and all of that stuff no but then that's what he's good at he's good at numbers he says for him he says it's nothing complex nothing difficult that's just 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 in his head that he just has like kind of computer programs in his head and stuff like that so now if you give that guy a random math exam that has to do with probably getting roots and all of that stuff he might do so well but then if he comes to probably having differentiation um, integration and all that stuff he might not do so well so then if you just give that guy let's say an exam that is heavily based on probably finding roots and all of that stuff or arithmetic and he gets oh 100 then you give him something integration ish and he gets 50 so you see that's just comparative it's not very descriptive of this guy's abilities his sense of his capabilities and how he can find a place in the world so assessments for the most part should be more descriptive than comparative also you had the first class you had the second class upper you had the second class lower okay good but then that doesn't in my opinion i feel most of the grading systems we have should be more like a cv instead of just saying first class okay it should be descriptive okay yeah first class grade and all that stuff but then this person is capable of doing this 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 and stuff because this kind of skills they've done 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 this done that has for instance let's say you're a footballer and you say he has quick feet he has pace he has agility but then he's not so great with um fiscality and stuff like that that gives you an idea of what you should expect from the person you understand it's not just a number or a rank oh this guy is five over ten this guy is seven over ten no, memories are increasingly complex and reducing them to just a rank like that isn't very effective yeah so all of this has brought us to a place like i was saying about how the modes of assessments that we have makes it easy for you know for easily codifying and processing and just ranking people it makes it easier because you know 
that's my this year but human is very complex it, although it's an industrial model not just weekly rank codify things and just turn it out into market mass production and stuff like that but then we need to begin to review these things because the world has moved past all of that and we found ourselves in a situation whereby assessment is supposed to improve the culture of education as the culture of learning assessment is supposed to improve it not become the culture in itself because now it's all about assessment you hear teachers say things like probably a teacher is teaching a class and probably people are getting disengaged distracted and the lecturer or teacher makes a statement like better listen i've already set your exam questions do you understand it's just all about the assessment it's become testing has become the culture of the system rather than just aiding the culture of people wanting to learn and just and at some point forming judgment about how well they're doing and helping them to improve so yeah it's just become the culture rather than something that should just help to foster the culture of, of learning Alright, I'll be bringing this episode to a close right now. Um, I think I don't want this to be too long, and I think we already have quite a lot to binge on. And so, in the next episode, or uh, yeah, next episode, we'll briefly just round up teaching and probably move on to what next we will have to talk about. But then, like, I always like to uh, make reference to a quote or something that resonates with me so much. So, and just concluding on assessment, I will just say this. Um, it's a quote by I can't remember the name or probably I did not pronounce it, but I'll just say it anyways. And then it's about this whole idea of assessment, um, because you see, human beings are increasingly complex human beings, and then just trying to rank people with a grade or with a percentage on a percentile doesn't necessarily cut it. It's, that's it makes it, it makes us comparative, and like I said at some point comparative the, the idea of comparative assessment it turns your attention outward to competition focusing on survival how to be better than the next person how to beat the next person and doesn't really it doesn't really help or aid your understanding of your abilities who you are and your capabilities so this is the fall it's a fallacy and it's that we tend to focus on we tend to make the measurable important rather than important measurable and i think that's what we found ourselves with assessment i mean assessment has become the culture of education rather than something that should just help to improve the culture of education assessment is not education assessment is not the culture testing is not the testing rather it's not the culture of education it's not supposed to aid the culture of education you understand supposed people will learn anyways you understand curriculum help to guide them assessment just forms judgments about what they are learning you understand but then testing forming assess forming judgment of what they're learning it's not the idea of that's not the culture of learning learning is learning is more free flow learning is more <coughs> personalized and individualized so and like i've said how yeah so um we'll be coming so this brings us to the end of this episode i hope you enjoyed it please i would really appreciate your opinions your reviews 
and then if you have questions comments let me know you can reach out to me on ig at timmy underscore uluamiwa timmy t-i-m-i underscore uluamiwa and you can leave me a voice message on anchor thank you very much goodbye